0: I'm Jessica Ashley. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Right at Home Moms, part of the Life Listened Network. Hi, I'm Jessica Ashley, and Megan Francis is here with me above the sound of a newborn crying and a dog whining and kids in the background asking for snacks. We're here at the Right at Home Moms podcast to talk today about the realities of working at home with kids and specifically trying to write with all different age people all around you in your home office. I'm Jessica Ashley from Single Mom Nation. Megan Francis, you know from The Happiest Home. And we have been well-practiced at having kids around while we're trying to do our work. What do you think, Megan, are the biggest challenges of having kids of different ages at home when you're trying to really concentrate, particularly write something that feels important to you? Okay.
1: Well, you know, we're, we're well aware of what the issues with the newborn are because, um, just She's as screaming we got on right the call, now. Yeah, <laughs> I can't hear her now, but as we were getting on, um, the phone together, she was, you know, little Grace is making some sweet little cries in the background. They sound very sweet to me because I am, A little over 90 miles away from Jessica right now. Um, So they're not
0: giving you letdowns. That's (laughs) why they're sweet.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, but it's funny because, you know, I I scheduled this um, interview or this talk, I guess, for three o'clock my time, thinking my kids won't be home until about four o'clock. That's actually not true. My two teenagers get home at three and I completely forgot that they were going to be here. And they're not, you know, going to run around screaming or anything, but still there is someone in the background right behind me in sitting in my living room. And my son Isaac is right behind me on the computer doing his. Homework. Um, So that is just life. And then the minute I get all my kids out of the house, the dog whines and barks. So um, (laughs) we have a large age range to cover because we've got kids in every, almost except for preschool. Neither one of us has a preschool or toddler aged child right now, but otherwise we have every age stage and group covered from babies to school aged kids to teenagers. And um, gosh, it's all challenging, but in different ways. I think, Jessica, you might be in the most challenging phase. But actually, I think maybe toddlerhood might might give that a run for its money. Do you remember what that was like with Ethan?
0: I do. You know, it always seemed like I was on some really important conference call and trying to pretend like Elmo was not playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you know, when kids are young and they're used to their mom working from home, it's just normal uh, to have to deal with that. He's a really good lip-syncer of requests for multiple it. snacks. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel like I've made many apologies for the irritating sounds of Caillou as well as a crying toddler in yes. the background. That I've, got, and, go I've got really good at like wiping a small bottom while I'm talking negotiating a job.
1: And have you ever gotten into the stage where, like, for me, this happened a lot around, you know, 18 months, between 18 months and three maybe, where I would literally just be chucking, like, snacks at them?
0: <laughs> right. And I really had to get okay with the TV being the babysitter yeah. during those times. There are just sometimes you can't avoid it.
1: Yeah, no kidding. So let me, let's talk about that for a second because I think what would be really helpful to other um, moms who are trying to write from home, as we have been doing ourselves for, I guess, around a decade each, Um is how, what strategies do you have? And I'm going to share a couple of my crazier strategies that I have employed in moments of duress. Um, In the beginning of my career, I was doing a lot of interviews. And in those days, it really wasn't as acceptable to do um, emailed interviews yet. The magazines that I was working for really expected you to do the majority of your interviewing by phone, which I, you know, does actually have a lot of benefits to it. But, um, one of the drawbacks is that it's really hard to fake out someone on the other end when you have to call them during business hours. So one thing I would actually find myself doing is doing interviews in the closet. I did interviews outside of my car while the baby was sleeping inside the car. I did interviews um, in different parts of my house like that were as far away as I could get from a child who you know, wasn't getting into trouble or anything but was just being noisy in the way that they can be what about you Jessica have you done anything in crazy? the bathroom like yeah sitting
0: in the empty bathtub yeah exactly. for sure yeah. just because I don't know acoustics are good there yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and, absolutely
0: and um, and there's a door that shuts uh, yeah I think definitely being flexible about where you go and where you can hide away is great and if the door's closed and the TV's on in the other room then it's less likely that a smaller child if they don't see you, they're not going to need you. That sounds terrible, but no, they're not is the
1: truth. out of sight, out of mind. If they know you're mind. on the phone, it's all over.
0: Right. I also think that the preparation has helped me with my child in mm-hmm. that, say, in one hour, I am going to have this phone call. And so you're going to get to watch this and then getting the snack ready in 20 minutes. I'm going to do this in five minutes. I'm going to do this. It doesn't mean it's going to stop them from coming in or crying or whatever, but if they have food in front of them, mm-hmm. it is less likely that they are going to have a, another high need or 10 yeah. questions.
1: Well, it's kind of like if you, you know, before you go on a trip or before you take your, your child to the doctor for their shots or whatever it is, it's like that repetition and the remind the constant, sometimes what feels like a ridiculous amount of reminding um, especially when it's a kid that's like in that two, three, four, five-year-old range where you're like, remember, like you said, mommy's going to be on the phone. It's going to be soon. This is what's going to happen. This is what I need you to do. And sometimes you really have to reinforce that several times to
0: make it work. Right. That's yeah. true. And and I think also in terms of if you're not even on the phone, mm-hmm. if you're really just trying to meet a deadline or get something done, as much padding as you can put in between yourself and the child is helpful in being in another room or closing a door or even just turning your back so that you're not facing them and watching them and they can get your eye contact. I think that's mm-hmm. helpful.
1: Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, I also wanted to make a comment that I think is something it took me a while to kind of get comfortable with was the idea that it was okay for me to be working from home with children. And I, I think, that that's becoming maybe less of an issue now. I feel like 10 years ago, it was still a little, it wasn't as done yet. It wasn't as widely practiced. And I would feel sometimes like I had to pretend like I didn't have kids. Like I would feel like, even though I was a freelance writer, of course, you know, whether I was calling an editor to talk to them about a story or whether I was calling in a source to interview them, um, it's a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good guess that if you're working for a parenting magazine and you're calling someone in the middle of the day and you're a freelance writer that you might have children at home, but I would always feel like really apologetic about that and I felt like it made me very unprofessional. And I finally realized that I would call people and they would answer from the airport, from their car, from a noisy cubicle. I mean, I never judged other people for sort of the background noise going on in their house or in their work environment and I started to become sort of unapologetic about the fact that I worked from home. And sometimes that meant a little child noise. And I even got to the point where I would just disclaim it right away. Like right at the beginning, I would just say, Hey, you know, I'm working, I'm I'm home with a, or my my child is home today, whether because they were sick or just because I didn't have a sitter and people were always really understanding about it. So I think if you're in that position where you are having to kind of deal with background noise, um, and it makes you feel sheepish that sometimes maybe we don't need to be as sheepish as we feel like we do.
0: Right, that's a great point. So releasing the apologies because it does feel like a little more guilt-inducing. Yes. As a kid, home like you're cheating somehow. It's, like you're double dipping. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's, <laughs> yeah. your, it's ridiculous. But I love putting it up there, right up there in the yeah. front, and saying this is what's happening. You know, I do think also there are times when it is the moment you need to reschedule even last minute, or there is that moment when you have to just get off the phone. And I have found also that if I just say, I'm sorry, I want to give you my full attention. I'm going to need to call you back in five minutes, or I'm sorry to to reschedule last minute, but I have something going on here that needs my full attention. People have been really responsive to that. I don't yeah. even need to say necessarily that Why? Yeah. there is a child <laughs> there. Right.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. And other people do it all the time too. So it's, you know, people working in offices have um, meetings that go over. And, they don't get into the office at the time they thought that they would or they, there's something really distracting going on in the background. And so it goes both ways, and I think we need to keep that in mind that um and not to automatically feel unprofessional or sheepish or, like you said, cheating, <laughs> and right. I felt that and way you, all the And time. you
0: know what? I, th- I feel like if I don't have a sense from the other people um how they're going to feel about that, my my go-to is really honestly just to say – I have a conference call that's going long. Mm -hmm. I'll get off of it as soon as I can and give you a call or I'll be in touch then because we've all been stuck on conference calls. Mm -hmm. They just don't know that my conference call is... A newborn with a poop explosion. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. That totally counts. (laughs) That is is a work emergency. That is sometimes better than a conference call.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So we've talked about, you know, when you have to sort of make that impression on other people because, and and you're working from a home office with little kids and, and being professional and, and still hearing and and attending to what they're saying. But now, you know, you did raise another good topic. What about just getting stuff done when you don't really care if anybody else can hear? I'm really curious how you're dealing with that right now with the newborn, and then I can talk a little bit about how I deal with it with older kids, a house full of older kids.
0: I'm really fortunate that my boyfriend is home pretty much full-time now, and we've been able to go back and forth and, and take turns. And because I'm nursing her, a lot of my turns are spent doing that which just means I have to I am really having to readjust my schedule because just when I get started on something it's time to feed the baby yeah. and I have to take an hour and do that and So that has felt like lost time until the other day when I just decided I've got to just start being present in this and not worrying so much about it. So fortunately we've been able to take turns doing that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I'm just going to have to have some help because I can't type with her. Mm. even in the sling, really, I can't, you know, there's just some things are going to, and I have to take a little bit less work right now. And, um, Other than that, you know, with an older child, I know that this is just a moment in time and I'm having to readjust. And that's not easy, but that is.
1: And that can be, and it can be really hard when you've got, you know, when you've been running a freelance business for as long as you have, you know how quickly things slow down when you back off. And it's, it's like hard not to get all caught up in that. Uh, urgency and that feeling of sort of anxiety and panic about losing work or missing out on opportunities. But you also know how quickly things can ramp back up once you put out some feelers and get back in the swing of things. So it is so hard to, but sometimes it's just the reality, right? You it's know. just the
0: reality. And I do have to keep asking myself, what would I tell a girlfriend of mine? And I would say, know your child's going to grow up really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's ok. And also, you need time. i would that's what I would tell my girlfriend. So I'm not sure why I hadn't been telling myself that, but I agree with you that, you know, the slowdown race to catch up get it happens fast. Mm-hmm. And um I'm working for three months from now. That's how I always feel in terms of doing, Doing freelance and the income and the job opportunities. And so, my concern has not been right this moment as much as three months from now. Right. Mm-hmm. What will happen? And I guess, I guess I just have to trust it. Yeah. So, what have you learned about yeah. getting things done?
1: Well, <laughs> Um, I mean, very similar to what you're talking about. And I I think, you know, there was when I first started freelancing, I was in my 20s. And I was really able to, you know, I had three more babies after I really got started. And I was able to work late nights um, at that time. And now my brain just doesn't seem to function the same way it did late at night uh, back then. So I've really had to adjust with subsequent babies and had to get really good about going to bed at a reasonable time and then making the most of whatever time I had available. So, um, I was really fortunate with one of my children that it was, you know, for whatever reason, like you were saying, you can't nurse and type some babies. I feel like you can nurse and type at the same time and others you can't. It's like a wiggly factor and it's kind of like how they respond to you. Um, some just get in there and go for it and they don't really care about the distractions. And then some are constantly popping off to look at you or, you know, kicking or crying or whatever. So um, I had one that that worked really well with and the other two not so much. And in that case, I would find myself working at weird hours that weren't nighttime hours. So it might be, you know, right when my husband got home from work, I would hand the baby off and work for a couple of hours. And that might mean that I wasn't as available during that time to do like the nightly meal. Or that might mean, um, you know, that I would end up having, like instead of having, because I never really had the budget, frankly, for a full-time nanny or full-time daycare. But we would often have just kind of part-time people that would come in for an hour or two and just kind of play with the baby. I would I would use um, older siblings to do that. So now that they're... Does Ethan do that? Does he play with Grace for you? Does he he does. Yeah. He
0: does. Yeah, but he also is... Happy to come home and, and dive right into homework or right. spend some time on his Kindle or yeah. reading. Like he's really a self entertainer. So yeah. Yeah. that's not as much of an issue. As you yeah. know, yeah. there gets to be a point where. Right. Right. He's happy if I'm not, if I'm working because Uh then he gets to do his own thing and I'm not bugging him.
1: Right. (laughs) I think when it was more like toddlers and preschoolers, I got really good at using snippets of time. And I mean snippets. Like I actually had a list posted above my desk and I always like to tell people this because it shows sometimes just how strategic you have to get. I had a list posted above my desk of things I could do in 5, 10, 15, or 20 minutes so that if I ever found myself with 5, 10, 15, or 20 minutes, whether it was a video or... You know, a, a nap, like an unexpected nap, or a nap that went longer than I expected, I could just jump in and not have to spin my wheels.
0: Because otherwise, you don't you know, get ticked when they wake up early because right. you've already spent your five minutes. Right.
1: I mean, That's because a otherwise, great idea. Don't you feel like you know you're like, oh my god, I have 15 minutes. Like, what do I do with it? And then you waste 15 minutes trying to decide what to do with your 15 minutes. Um, so that was one tactic that I used to get really strategic about, and it really did work. And I still have that sheet of paper somewhere, and I'll still kind of use it if I find myself even though now all my kids are in school all day, so it's not the same thing, I will still refer to that paper if I find myself, my brain, my mind wandering, or I find myself sucked into Facebook or something. So it really does work.
0: That's a great idea. Well, I'm totally going to do
1: that. Use it, and then you can tell us in a future show how it worked.
0: <laughs> I definitely will. Well, so we at, have oh, a few ahead. takeaways. I think we yeah. should I yeah. think we should wrap up with sure. The first one is that sometimes you have to hide yourself away in a closet or the bathroom or another room you have to prepare yourself and your child with food, with a timeline. And, and sometimes you just have to back out or delay Mm -hmm. a call or some kind of deadline. It's just what happens. And then make that, I love that one, make a great list for yourself of things that you can do in five, 10 or 15 minutes. So when you have snippets of time, you can use them. And if you end up having to work at odd hours or switch off with a partner or with a sitter that at least you have things that you can accomplish quickly, whether someone's there or whether they're not, to help you out.
1: Absolutely. And I think that maybe the biggest takeaway here is that whatever stage you're in, it's not going to last forever. And if you find yourself in a slower phase right now, just kind of trust that it's you're going to move out of it so quickly with parenting. It's always on to the next, right? And um, I think that that's something that it's constant no matter what stage of parenting you're in early or late. And so that's definitely something to keep in mind.
0: Excellent. I love these tips. I'm going to use them more myself, remind myself. (laughs)
1: Okay, great. All right, Jessica, this has been so fun. Everybody listen, look back for another episode soon.
0: This has been the Right at Home Moms and we'll talk to you later.